Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Gompies, and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod. My name is Josh Earl, and this is the show where we talk about the greatest compilation series this country has ever produced, 100% Hits. Please welcome, first time on the podcast, it's Danielle Walker. Yay! Hello. Hey, Danielle. Hello, how are you? So I just bombarded you with a whole bunch of information before we recorded. I said, this is what it is. I call them Gompies. Let's go. So um, <laughs> how are things with you, Danielle? Um, yeah, things are good. Uh, your face and mouth do not mesh up currently. So I don't know if I'm talking way after you. Um, but things are good. Um, I've just been, I've been doing lots of work, but then also trying to um, do lots of DIYs any second I have off. So um, I'm looking around and my house is, is a nightmare because it's filled with half completed DIYs. But apart from that, I'm good. So are you half completing and moving on or you just have to get to them? Um, I I like to fully complete them. I've got one fully completed, but then they all sort of sit half completed because while one's, you know, drying or being waited for the next coat ah, okay. of something, I start the next one and then I've got like six projects done and half done and it's just a nightmare. Like the couch is half reupholstered. I've got a chair outside that I found at Hard Rubbish that is half sanded. Yeah. And then just fabric for the couch is just lying around everywhere. See, I've as, really made it. As someone who, who lives with a, a partner who has ADHD, half-finished projects are constant in my house. <laughs> half-finished half groceries just lying on the bench in the bag still. Just, oh, they'll get to them. So I, I understand. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm empathetic to the plights of... Of a busy brain. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I do finish them eventually, yeah. you know. I don't have a single piece of furniture in the living room that's not been DIY'd. Everything is. <laughs> everything's not perfect until I've I've ruined it a tiny bit. Now, Danielle, this show is all about music. I don't think we've ever really talked about music before. What what kind of bands were you into as a, as a child? In your teen Ooh, years? In my teen years? Yeah. Uh, oh, teen years is different um, because I was trying to, you know, move away from what my parents listened to. Um, so and your so, parents, your parents both from Townsville. So I'm guessing a bit of a, a country influence, a bit rock and roll. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cold Chisel I think is every dad's favorite yep. band. Um, but yeah, a lot of like John Denver. I would say like I loved John Denver because my parents were always listening to it. The Chicks were big. Casey yep. Chambers. Oh. was massive in our house. Um, that album, Barricades and Brick Walls, defines, I think, um, my youth. <laughs> is that That's the one with Not Pretty Enough because The Captain was the first one and then yeah. it, is this the follow-up one or was I it think, maybe a couple after? I think, I think Barricades and Brick Walls was the first album with oh, Not okay. Pretty Enough. Um, I think The Captain came a bit later. No, I think, I think I'm, it's – I'm not 100% sure. The Captain was first. I definitely know that. Was it? Yeah. Okay, Yeah. 
Well, I've got no idea. That's all right. Um, and I just remembered that album was like on repeat the whole time. And it was fun too because you can sing along doing the voice, you know, yeah. Casey Chambers' voice. Yeah. It's a fun sing-along. I I really like Casey Chambers. And my flatmate, when, I, when that album came out, The Captain came out, she hated all country music, but she loved that song. And I was like, I don't really? think you really, I don't think you really hate country music. I think you think you hate country music because you've only heard people make fun of country music. But if you listen yeah. to country music, it's actually quite, quite moving. It's emotional. Oh yeah, I, I think that's why my mum was obsessed with, w- liked it because she's very emotional. Yeah, and. It was like, look, other people feel feelings really intensely too. <laughs> yeah. So then you rebelled in your teen years. What'd you go to then? Was it like oh, Grinspoon? Um, I, I didn't. We didn't really. I. It's hard to know what was teenagers. I was into the Last Shadow Puppets. Oh yeah. And uh, I liked. Uh, well, okay, this one's a bit embarrassing. I, I really liked Alexis on Fire, which I didn't realize it was like a Christian youth rock <laughs> band. Hey, um, as, as a teen, that's when you get tricked into Christian stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked at the same time I was like um, into um, Washington. Oh, yeah. Um, really into – I had all the well, – there was one shop in Townsville that wasn't Sanity Music and it had um, EPs and I really loved tiny EPs. For some, I was really obsessed with any album that had like three songs on it and came in a cardboard – it was more, I think, that than anything yep. that got me into those. I have so many weird EPs for oh. some reason of three songs lying You're just around everywhere. In, in cardboard, the Digipack. So that was what the cardboard ones were called, not the dual pack, which was the the plastic ones, which always got broken. I also loved a cardboard cover. Yeah, it's nice. It's it feels good in the hand. Yeah, and it adds a nice look to the, the to the CD um, stack. Yes, that you have going on. I also liked um, what was it? I liked the Jezebels a lot. Oh yep. Um, and then uh, I think my guilty one, which at the time was not guilty, I loved them completely without. Actually, I don't know if I ever have any guilt. Uh, yeah, I there's think no there's no guilt on this people. show. There's no, no there's, it's a yeah. talking about pop songs. It's fine. I was obsessed. I really loved Paramore when oh, yeah. they first came out. It was like, oh yeah, I can. It's sort of singing and sort of screaming a little bit. I really like the fact that Paramore are now, they've been going so long that it's almost like, do you know when the Wiggles did like adult shows and everyone went, oh, yes, yeah. the wi-. that's what Paramore's like now. So everyone was loved, oh, I loved them when I was like 12 and 13 and now they're still going and they're like even bigger, I think, now than they ever have been. That's crazy. That is, yeah. they were such a, I want to listen to what their stuff is like now because they were so like, angsty teenage girl yeah. back then but i assume she's a full like she's like an adult lady now with yes. adult feelings <laughs> hey we're going to talk about volume 33 so it's the final ever volume of 100 hits until they start going into best of the seasons and so this is the okay. last numbered one we're doing side a so was, the year was 2001 now music was changing a lot in 2001 not reflected here because We've just come out of the – oh, we're still in it. We're still very much in it, I should say. Uh, new metal, but yep, a little band from New York called The Strokes have come out and they're making it so every every boy my age at the time was wearing skinny black jeans and op shop suits. So <laughs> – but 
that is a bit later than this because this would have been the very start of 2001. So you're very young, Danielle, compared to me. Yes. Uh, 2001, what are you, like six, seven? Oh, no, I'm, I'm a slightly bit older. Okay. I was, I think I was nine in 2001, nine in October 2001. Okay, great. So All right. I was still young. I probably don't know if the strokes played on um, – did they were they big on I don't even know if I had on video if hits? we listen Yeah, I don't know if we even had video hits at this point. My Saturday mornings were really taken up with hockey at that age. Yeah. yeah so two thousand one, I think uh recovery was finished. I'm not sure if there was JTV in the mornings. There was Rage on ABC and then that went into like either JTV or just like another news program or something like that. Video hits, I doubt they would have been playing The Strokes because The Strokes didn't do good film clips. That was the thing. Uh, but then there's all those other bands who came after them, but we'll get to that later. All right, we're going to kick it off with a song I've never heard before yesterday. This is a woman whose name is Debola Morgan, not Deborah, Debola. So D-E-B-E-L-A-H, Morgan. And this is her song, Dance With Me. Here we go. This intro bit, when I listen to it, it does sound a bit like a Mariah Carey song, but then it goes praise. into sounding like a Christina Aguilera song later on, like with the grunting and stuff she does later on. I'm very confused by who she wants to be and what her sound is. She's just Debola. 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 That's bad. How, how did her mum do it wrong on the birth certificate? How different would everyone loves Raymond be if his wife's name was Debola and not Deborah? Oh, Marie would have had a field day. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a song that if you were going to do a movie set in that time period, you would use this as like a a license-free one, like somebody who was trying to capture the sound of the period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember when Chicago came out, but it does feel very of a musical. Oh, yes. It's like a Moulin Rouge yeah. soundtrack type vibe. Well, there is a reason why it sounds like it's from a musical, but we'll get to that later. So, oh. Debola Morgan, child prodigy, Danielle. She formed really? her own church choir at age eight. And by age 15, she was teaching gospel choir at the University of Arizona. So, she would come in and teach the university students gospel choir at 15. Oh, my gosh, she's tenacious. <laughs> At eight, eight, going, this is my choir. Okay, everyone, come on. I think, oh, she was an insufferable child, wasn't she? <laughs> I'm not saying, she, she won Miss Teen Black Arizona and Miss Black Teen World as well when she was 15. Whoa. Yeah, so high achiever. Was this back in the day when um, the mall scene was big in America? Like, is that I, how you do that? Is that how you... A part of all those competitions? I, I'd say so. I don't know. Like, I think they love a pageant over there. They love pomp and ceremony. It's crazy that you can you can do, like, a pageant for singing. I guess that's an Estedford sort of. Yeah, no, no. This was her just, like, a Miss America comp- competition. So 
Like, what's your skill in a, like, dining outfit and then talk about how you would change the world if you could change the world. So it's proper, yeah, pageantry. Oh, so not everybody's singing. No, someone's doing, like, a ventriloquist act. Someone's juggling. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At 17, she got her first recording contract. That was in 1994, so seven years before this came out. Uh, with Atlantic Records. They released the album. It went okay. It charted in the charts in the top 50 but didn't go great. Then she jumped ship to Motown Records because they had um, Boys to Man, so they were doing quite well. But the album that she recorded with them was only released internationally, mainly in Japan and regions like Southeast Asia and stuff like that. So she decided to go back to Atlantic Records and that's when she released this album, her third album, also called Dance With Me. So this song got to number eight in the U.S., and number three here in Australia, I don't remember it at all. No, I don't remember it. The intro sounds familiar, yeah. but I also don't know if that's just because it's the style of intro. Yes, and also because that, that melody and intro is from a musical called The Pajama Game and the song Hernando's Hideaway. Oh. Yeah. and so I don't know if I've heard that either. <laughs> no, I, I'm not a big musical fan, so I don't know. But uh, – in the video, the club that they're dancing in is called Hernando's Hideaway. So a little cheeky nod to, yeah. So Hernando's Hideaway, the music of Pajama Game was written by Richard Adler and Jerry Ross. The original got to number two on the Billboard charts in 1954. And then Jerry Ross sadly died the next year at age 29. He had uh, bronchitis oh. and complications from bronchitis. But you can die from bronchitis? In 1954 you could. That's not that long ago. That's Uh, crazy. Yeah. Uh, So Pajama Game won the Tony for Best Musical and his follow-up, Damn Yankees, which he also wrote with Richard Adler, won the Tony for Best Musical in 1956, so the year year after he died. And Um, did they get away with the copyright with this song because they showed the bar in the thing uh, or did they pay them? Richard and Jerry were down as um, songwriters as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I completely missed that. I thought we were no, just I talking about the pajama. I, I didn't say it. I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Richard Adler, he lived up until 2012, uh, but only ever had one more uh, Tony Award in 1962 as best composer for the musical uh, Quamina. So Jerry Ross was clearly he was the Beyonce of the of the group. He was the one who was actually doing it because after he died, Richard Adler no more hits. Oh wow. Oh, wow. That's really riding somebody's coattails, isn't it? Yeah. That's really proven. Like even oh. when he's he's sick, he's coughing up heaps, uh, Jerry. I'm sure Richard's like, all right, come on, let's get this musicals done. Damn Yankees. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Oh, oh that's upsetting for that guy. I'd ha- That would be really tough. Yeah. Especially also if he actually did all the work as well. Like not all the work, but like he was contributing. And then maybe it was grief that he was like, I just can't write anything. But everyone's yeah, maybe. idiots like me are going, nah, he wasn't talented. I'm sure he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely like some people are just really good at doing the admin and yeah. getting everybody in the room. Maybe that's his skill. Yeah. You need someone like that. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Debola. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Oh, huge, huge song. I'm sure you know this one. This oh, is. Yeah. This is from the uh, still, it's incorrect when I read it. Oops. Exclamation, dot, 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 I did it again. This is Britney and her song, Stronger. 
That bit there sounds like uh, Herbie's right kind of mood. I may be blind, but I still see you. That bit. I'll, I'll keep playing. Then, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that coming up straight away? <laughs> I think that's coming up straight away. All right, away. here we go. Let's see. <laughs> nah. No, oh, God. Well, later on after the chorus, it'll come up. God damn it. Now I've made that noise. Ah. <laughs> uh, so this is the third single from the album Oops, I Did It Again. Uh, we talked uh, about the title track in a few episodes ago. This one, the song, is about a girl who's tired of her cheating boyfriend and decides to move on without him. This one, acclaimed by the music critics at the time, so many of the reviews said this is the best song from the album. Uh, they were like, musically and lyrically, it's innovative. Uh, and the and the video, I don't know if you remember the video, Danielle? Um, is she just, is she sort of walking through a nightclub in, in this one? No, I don't so, really remember the film clip for this. Well, well, last time we talked, oops, I did it again. She came up with the concept and this is what she said to the director. She said, I want to be in a red leather outfit dancing on Mars. Oh, it's that one. I think I got that confused with, I thought that was the one for oops, I did it that, again. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's oops. And that's oh, yeah, where okay. she gets given the heart of the ocean the, from the Titanic. Yes. Uh, a with film that, that was bit. four years ago. Yep. Anyway, this time she said to the director, Joseph Kahn, he said, what do you want to do in this video? And she said, I would like to dance in a chair and drive a car and break up with my boyfriend. <laughs> that is him saying a direct quote. That's what she wanted. And so this film clip, she's dancing in a chair. She drives in a car. She dumps a guy. Great. Sometimes I think you can overthink things. So maybe all you need is dancing in a chair. Yeah, sometimes film clips are way too much info. Way too much going on. It's just a few minutes. Let's just yeah. have a bit of fun. I, I feel the same way about um, comedy posters sometimes. Too much. Yeah. Just your face, where you're playing, your name, how people can get tickets. That's pretty, that's pretty much and it. That's how you and Britney Spears are similar. <laughs> yeah. You've both got vision. <laughs> oh, she's in the news lately. Have you been keeping up with the, the Britney news? I, I read the headlines that pop up, but I, d I never click into them. But yeah. I understand she's having a separation with yes. her husband, right? Yeah. I reckon she should just stay single. I feel like, Brittany, have fun. It seems like everybody's going to try and take advantage of you forever. Just, yep. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, I mean, I can't control anything to do with Britney Spears, but... Well, I just she wanted to be single for a bit. She does listen to the show, so Brittany, from both Danielle oh, cool. and I, just just have a bit of Brittany time. Yeah. 
Um, on the day that they announced the divorce, her Instagram post simply said, buying a horse soon, so many options, it's kind of hard, and then went on about the two horses she was going to buy. Um, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a photo of her on a horse on the beach. Great. That's perfect. I don't – I wish more people would understand. I don't know. I, everybody's like, Britney's crazy. I don't know if Britney's crazy because she's just, you know, I don't know how old she is, late 30s, early 40s, just being kind of like a normal mum who's, who's like from the country. Like she's originally from the country. Yep. I don't think she is, like- though. If you look – I've looked for this. I went through her Instagram. And look, I'm not going to say she's had a lot of issues. I'm not casting judgment, but there's a few videos there where I'm like, we could probably do with without the look. There's there's one where the dance, yeah, the, the dead eye dancing, staring at the screen, like one in a yellow top and a g string, and she's just kind of doing this dancing, kind of just staring directly into the camera, and it's I'm not going to say it's unsettling, but it didn't make me feel great. God, it's almost I like I shouldn't be watching this. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be great. I'd love it if it was a prank. That would be so funny. <laughs> Um, this song only got to number one in one country. Really? Do a, yeah. Do you want to have a guess? Um, it's in Europe. It's Europe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, ooh. Um, I don't know the, I don't know, the Czech Republic. Oh, I thought you were going to say it there. Poland. Poland. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. The good taste. The I, see, I thought this would have been a bigger song. Like it got to 13 here. 11 in the States and 7 in the UK. Yeah, I mean, in my house it was number one because I had this album and I played it like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> because it was like it was like the first Britney Spears album, whatever. I don't know what it was called. I remember the front cover of it. It was sort of white and and just her face sort of. Yeah, and in, in the school that's dress. When, yeah, and then this was like, I think this was her, was this her second album? Yeah. And then... It was like, ooh, and she's like, a, she's kind of rock now. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. she's not the sweet, innocent baby. You thought she's rebranded like Miley Cyrus did. She's, she's kind of naughty now. Yeah, yeah. it was, and it was, it was really sold like that as well. It was like she's no longer virginal. Yeah, well, that they were obsessed with her virginity in the US. I know. It's gross. So gross. So gross. So yuck. She was All like right. a baby. Moving on, this is <laughs> the second single from Robbie's album, Sing When You're Winning, but the third single from Kylie's album, Light Years. This is the Robbie Williams and Kylie Minogue duo, duet, Kids. Here we go.
have been like, yeah, we've been around for a while. Yeah, we're old. Tip, you should like us. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And they talk like they're kind of dumb at the start, me, so whatever, me, so. So Kylie's like, I've been around since Back in Black, which is an album from 1980, yeah. And he's like, and I smoke heavy cigarettes. (laughs) I smoke heavy tobacco. That's so funny. (laughs) Uh, It really is the, like, the early 2000s version of the Paula Abdul MC Scat Cat, two steps forward, one step back. It's just a duo where it goes back to Greece, like... John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, I do this, I do this, you do this, I do this, you do this, you do this. Like, it's, that's the whole song. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, the, I've got to be real. As a child, um, both Kylie Minogue and Robbie Williams scared me. Oh, um, oh was it because I, of the Rock DJ film clip? I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. But maybe. He, that's the one where he rips all his skin off and he's a, like a muscle, like it's just his flesh and then he rips that off and throws at people. It's it's really good. Okay, well, yes, that is 100% probably <laughs> in the recesses of my memory and I've, I've lost it to time. I don't know. There was something about just Kylie's voice sounded so like other, like it sounded like an alien to me. Like it was so shiny or something that I didn't think it was real. The, there were three people who freaked me out when I was a kid, well, three musical artists that freaked me out, and none of them were Alice Cooper. It was <laughs> it was Robbie Williams, Kylie Minogue, and Pearl Jam that oh. terrified me. That Pearl Jam song would come on at nighttime, that one that's like, oh, where, oh, where, yeah. my baby? And it terrified me because it was like it really it it painted such a visual image to me of somebody dying on the road while somebody else held them um and it freaked me out because it would always come on the radio before bed and I had to listen to music to go to sleep and it's the same with these two they just i don't know there's something disconcerting about um them like they're otherworldly um, yep. or from a different plane of reality. I sound crazy. No. Me and Brittany are going to go chill out, but they really <laughs> freaked me out as a kid. Even though now I listened to the song this morning and I was like, this is actually a banger. I d- look, I do think this is a very good pop song. Uh, yeah. It is the, probably the best pop song ever to mention sodomy, um, <laughs> which I'm going to play that little section Thank here. You. So uh, <laughs> at 3 minutes 30, Robbie, Robbie, look, Robbie loved doing a little rap on his songs. And for a white man, his raps, look, they're not, he's not trying to copy hip hop. He's just doing his own little speaky breakdown thing. But this is, this is a little bit from it. Three minutes, 30 into the song. Great. Okay. So the press asked him, do you like doing it in the bum? And he's like, oh, probably. Like, and that made it, look, it made it to Robbie's version. Kylie, no surprises, edited it out of her version. The full rap? Yep. All gone. Yeah. I mean, because it, it wasn't really a rap, was it? It was kind no. of talking. Yeah. It's a bit like how I sing in my comedy songs. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. talking to the beat sort of with yeah. a bit of an English accent. Yeah, um, so he he mentions that the B side on his version as well uh, was a song called "John's Gay." 
Now, I've not listened to John's Gay, but hopefully it's a supportive message. Yeah, I mean, the time period, it it doesn't bode well, but I'm going to have a listen later to see to see if if Robbie is is an ally. I guess it. You know, he's he is okay. This is just I I just connected two dots, which is that I thought that Kylie Minogue was a bit of an alien, but Robbie Williams is obsessed with aliens. Oh, maybe that's why he wanted Kylie on the song. Maybe yeah, that's like, what I'm she's thinking. She's an alien. Now. He's obsessed on. with aliens. Yeah, he got yeah. paid his huge huge money. I think it was Sony BMG paid him. Or one of them, I can't remember. But one of them paid him like so much money, and from that moment on, he went a little bit crazy for a few years. He's back fine now, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I like aliens. I think that's fun. Yeah. So I honestly don't know if he went crazy or he was just like, I think it's fun to get into aliens. Oh, fun (laughs) stories, a bit of magic, a bit of silly. Uh, This was also the uh, theme song for Junior MasterChef Australia. Oh, because the kids are all right. Yeah, well, they, didn't, they didn't. They didn't get. Funny. They didn't play the sodomy part though on Junior MasterChef. <laughs> yeah, you've got to cut that bit out, don't you? <laughs> uh, all right, gonna move on. Now it's time for some German trance music. They're back. We talked about Toker's Miracle with Susie Yusuf. This is Fragma and a different singer. This is Maria Rubia and their song, "Every Time You Need Me." We're going to ask hit or not later, but I just don't. I don't think I like almost anything about it. I don't like the sound of the sort of fake synth style yep. stuff. I don't like the breathy talking at the start, and then I don't like the the, the lyrics that are just like, "You are everything to me. I would die for you." I'm. It's just everything about it. I really cringe. When they with. talk about how AI cannot take over, like, the arts and stuff like that, we're like, this sounds, and like, everything about this is, like, it seems like someone's made an AI song and this is, like, the lyrics yes. are just, like, so just thrown out there. Yeah, I'm. maybe it is, was it lost in translation? Was it something no, that was, because like. because the singer, Maria Rubia, is English. Okay. Wow. So this got to. That's. 
This back. is incredible. So this got to number three in the UK, number one in Scotland, went top ten in Finland, Norway, Ireland and Romania and Australia, number 17 on the charts. Okay, was everybody big into like, was this big in the clubs or something? I, I, I was never in the clubs. So maybe, if, listeners, if you remember this song being played in the clubs in the early 2000s, please do let me know. Um, it must have been. It must have been. This this is the worst thing about this time period is like it was like when, in my mind, it's sort of when they were like, we can make digital music. Let's just do a bit of that. And then they went absolutely nuts with it. Yeah. And it's, I don't feel like so, I feel like so much of it has not held up very I al- well. I also think people who were in charge of record labels didn't understand that kind of stuff. So they're like, go on, is that what, is that cool? Cool. All right, well, we'll put that in. And so a lot of shit electronic music made it um yeah there was also a lot of good electronic music being made but like it was all kind of just there uh so this is the only song that maria rubia did with fragma from this song even though it was a pretty big hit for them they pretty much exclusively worked with a singer called demay um so we talked about fragma last time um because they didn't they didn't really uh pay their singer that they sampled uh and um so that you know, not the not the greatest, but it happened so much in music back then. Um, so Maria, I was trying to find stuff about her. Um, I looked at her Twitter, but she hasn't updated it since 2019. She hinted at new music, but she was also promoting that she was DJing at the UK Glamour Awards, which looked into that, and that was I think a sex industry awards night. Um, okay. She was just DJing it. No, I'm not Glamour. saying that she's now turned to that. But her website, and I highly recommend people looking at her website. It's MariaRubiaOfficial.com. It looks like a high school project. There are like eight different oh. fonts, weirdly shaped photos. She calls her fans rubies, which I'm not sure is worse than being called gompies. I'm not sure, but it is an incredible. And the, she's saying on there that her old website got hacked. Um, as soon as she started announcing she was making new music, hackers hacked it. Um, and so this is her oh. new site and it's, it's incredible. Why did hackers, how did hackers even care enough to do that? This is what I think's happened, Danielle. On it, she said, I had hundreds of thousands of followers on my Twitter and then they've all gone. So now I've started oh. again. I don't think she had that. I think she's trying to say that because she's only got like 4,000 followers. I think she's trying to say, I had heaps, but then I got hacked. So I had to start a new one and they keep hacking me oh. and that's just me with a theory. I've been around enough comedians to know that sometimes that people make up stories about why they don't have the amount of followers that they should have or they feel they should have. <laughs> I mean, I feel – is it bad that the thing that I think the most about is the, the Glamour Awards, the, the um, sex industry sort of awards, in my mind, I just sort of think like they've actually – they've got – they'd have – heaps of money i thought they would have been able to like get get somebody slightly more sort of established but i guess maybe if she if she did actually have 140,000 yeah. at some point maybe you never know maybe you i never, don't know but it does maria unlikely maria if you're listening write in tell tell us everything about what's happening in the world of maria rubia all right yeah moving on first time on the podcast they're about to be on the podcast a hell of a lot more. This is the first single in this country that they released, I think. 
this is Coldplay and their song Yellow. Coldplay walked so Ed Sheeran can run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know the song. It goes big. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I think this song is is uh, nostalgic for Saturday mornings or whatever. It's Okay, I know a guy who um, knows, who, who's like worked with Chris Martin before, and he said something, and now I can't like unsee it in everything. Uh, whenever I see him, which is that he was like every loads of people think he's a genius, but he's he can just be kind of a bit of a an, a bit dumb. And when you listen to the lyrics, it is fun to be like it's either it's one of the two, but yeah. you just really can't tell because the line between genius and and somebody um, like insane is 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 so small, but it is funny to be like somebody sitting there being like, "Look at the stars." <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is hard to think that I don't know. I think that with a lot of these bands, you two, uh, Aces, are similar in that like they keep it so simple so everyone can get it, but they make it sound like it's really important and big with the music underneath it. And so if you get yeah. like a, like a stadium full of people singing something, you want it. Easy, an easy message that everyone can understand. It might not, like, artistically be the most fulfilling thing, but I'm sure when, like, 100,000 people are yelling, it's all yellow, I'm sure it feels pretty good. Or if they're yelling, oh, yeah. it's a beautiful day, or what's a wonder wall, or whatever it is. Woohoo! Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so here's something that people who listen to the podcast probably won't expect from me. Um but after a year and a half of doing this show, my brain's pretty much broken from pop music. I really like Coldplay. I mean, I don't listen to them ever. I, I like this album. I love A Rush of Blood to the Head. I think The Scientist is a really, really great song. The first time I heard it, I was stopped. What I was doing, I listened to it. I was like, this is actually a beautiful song. I saw Coldplay tour this album. Chris Martin, he was funny on stage. He dedicated this song to Rachel Friend, who was an actor from Neighbours, who I had a crush on when I was a little kid as well. <laughs> they sounded like Radiohead, like early Radiohead, and I like early Radiohead, so it's like no complaints there. Also, this song was released on my 19th birthday. That's when this song came out. So maybe, I don't know, I was like kind of in a good mood. Uh, so you say it's the, the lyrics are pretty dumb. So this is how they came about. 
they were working on the album in the studio and Ken Nelson, who was producing it, they were out in the countryside and they went outside and he got all the band to come outside and said, look at the stars. And Chris Martin started kind of just being dumb and singing, look at the star. But he did it in like (laughs) taking off Neil Young. Like he was like, oh, it sounds like a Neil Young lyric. And so then he started just fucking around with a melody and some chords and we kept on doing it in the Neil Young voice just to kind of make his friends in the band laugh. And then apparently went home that night, kept on working on it and then came in and was like, I think this could be a good song. But they didn't have, they had like just like random words in there. They didn't have the word yellow in it. And so he was looking for a word. He knew it had to be two syllables. So he just looked around the studio and there was the yellow pages there. He's like, it was all yellow. So he was literally like, if there was a fridge in there, the album, this song could have been, it was all magnets. It was so close to just being something else random in the, in the room. And it was all Samsung. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. Um, this song hit, was a hit, top five in a bunch of countries, the UK and Australia being two of them. Enemy made it song of the year at the Enemy Awards in 2001. Uh, that The the guys they met at uni, it was called University College in London. These were their names before they set it on Coldplay, which has always been a, a weird name, Coldplay. They were. Yeah. Tell me if you think they'd be as big if they were these fans. Starfish? No. Nah. And before Starfish, Big Fat Noises. Okay. I like Big Fat Noises, but it d- does sound like that, like sort of like, what was that? Is it Yellow Taxi? Oh, Big Yellow Taxi. Big Yellow Taxi. Is, or is that yeah. the name of a song? That's a song. That's a song. It does sound a bit like that, sort of like a like it sounds like the name of a song, not the name of a band. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I I I do like this song too. I think it's fun. Yeah. And and but I thought, how big was it in Australia? Because I thought it was like, I feel like this was on constantly the yes. TV. It got to number five in Australia or four, I think. Um, but, okay. And the I film clip, the film one. clip is Chris Martin uh, on the beach uh, and it was filmed in a raincoat and he, he took it off and jumped off the cliff. Uh, so that was yeah. filmed at double speed. So it looks like it's, when they slow it down, it looks like he's kind of in slow motion doing it. Um, and the rest of the band were meant to be in the film clip, but one of the band members' mother uh, had died and her funeral was on that same day. And so Chris did it on his own and then went, I think went to the wake afterwards. Um, which and he says it's probably why he looked like he was not happy in the film clip as well. Yeah. That probably adds to it because it felt like it was like a, I don't know, it. I felt like the film clip because it didn't feel like it was just like a song about love. It did feel it did make it feel like there was an extra layer to it, yeah. which maybe was not there or maybe was. I don't know. All right, hey, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after these messages. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. And we're back. All right. Now, until yesterday, Danielle, I did not know that vitamin C, who we're about to play now, 
had another song besides the graduation song, Friends Forever. But she did. A bunch of them, actually. And this is one of them. This song is called The Itch, and it's by Vitamin C. Itch. She came from a grunge band called Eve's Plum. Oh. Something inside that you can provide me. Oh, could be. Sort I just, of. I just assumed that she wants to go have fun. Oh, ha- have some I thought sex. it was like I'm feeling the itch again. Like I got it because she was talking so evil. Like they really made it like like it was like I'm gonna go ruin some lives. And you think it's a like maniacal laugh at the at the top? It's like her laugh. Yeah, it's kind of a villain song. Um, well, this song got to number six in Australia. I don't remember it but no me neither this is what i think happened so the b-side to this single was friends forever the graduation song which i think people oh Oh. that's a good song because we can play it when we when we leave school yeah yeah you know the song i'm talking about yeah never ever have is that it no that's never that's different all saints no oh um no uh, graduation as we go that's it yeah Yeah, okay i got it so I think that's what people were buying it for. But uh, uh, maybe they love the itch. I don't know. In the film clip for this song, Kirsten Dunst and M- M- uh, Mila Kunis are in it. Um, wow. Because the three of them appeared in the film Get Over It. Even though this song's not in that film, obviously they formed a friendship and were like, oh, yeah, well, can we be in your film clip? Or she asked them to be in the film clip. Yep. There was a lot of that at the time, wasn't there? Like confu- Almost like confusing people by having people in film clips who were in movies, but then that song not really being anything to do with the movie. Yes. So I, the, the one that comes to mind is Enrique Iglesias having Anna Kornikova in his film clip. And yeah. It was like just a celebrity cameo. I mean, good on it. makes people want to watch the film clip. Yeah. Did Teenage – was Teenage Dirtbag – was that was that actually in American Pie? I don't know if it was – I'm sure it was in one of those teen comedy films that were huge at this time. I'm not sure – it was in it, it or if it came had later. Them in it. Oh, did it? I don't remember. I think I think it had the people from American Pie in it, I think. But I've, then I've, I've said I this don't before. remember it being. I've said this before, and I, I'm sorry, listeners, but I do find it one of those facts that's in my brain that every time it comes up. I remember Larry Emder saying that American Pie is the funniest movie of all time, the funniest movie he's ever seen since Dumb and Dumber. And <laughs> I loved Larry after that. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the so, funniest movie of all time. I yeah. love it. Uh, Vitamin C, her real name is Colleen Fitzpatrick. She got a big break in the John Waters film Hairspray. She was in that uh, in 89. Oh. 
Then in 91, she was the lead singer of the very early 90s band, Eve's Plum. So think of all those kind of grunge bands of the early 90s. She was in one of them. That band lasted until 97. Then she went solo as Vitamin C, took a big, big turn into pop. And the label that she was with really tried to make her big. So she was marketed through Mattel, had a Vitamin C doll, which you could buy, that was at $16. And Tommy Hilfiger made a lipstick, a Vitamin C lipstick. Whoa. Yeah. So I think they That's so they went, depressing. They went Spice Girls, let's follow that. Let's have dolls. Let's have like cosmetics. Let's do it for vitamin C. Um, that is that is crazy because she do, I, I didn't was she really big at that time? Like were people absolutely obsessed or cuz the doll no. was like okay, no, so they've they've they just thought they just got it wrong this time. Well, they I reckon they went, had Friends Forever which came out 2 years before this. I went that's a that's a classic song that will get played at graduations forever. Um, yeah. This is the person we market to. This was from her second album, her last album as well, but she's still working in the industry and she's doing very well for herself. So she oh, realised that she aged out of being a pop star. So she started writing songs for the Disney Channel, in particular Hannah Montana. She wrote a bunch of songs for Miley Cyrus on that show. She also wrote a duet with Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez um, when they are on the Disney Channel. And then through the success of working with Disney, she became the music executive at Nickelodeon in 2012. Oh, wow. And so she oversaw all those like Nickelodeon shows and, the, and their cable channels. And then in 2019, she got a job at Netflix as an executive in charge of music, creative production, spectacle and events. I don't know what that means. But I think that means like good. she just pairs up artists with like like TV show like productions and goes, "Hey, listen to this. Uh, I reckon that could fit your show. Sounds great. What a job. I'd love it." I mean, I'm very happy for it because I feel like that would have been really tough to have somebody making lipsticks for you, then making dolls telling you you're going to be as big as the Spice Girls oh. and all of that, and then that doesn't happen. I'm so glad that she's. She's, you know, I'd be sad if she was Debola. Yes. Like, I, it's nice that she's been, that she's, like, doing well and, and having, like, a great career. Probably fun, too, because you're not having to be in the spotlight. You can just yeah. chill out and, and do your work. Also, Vitamin C as is a, is a pop star name, not great, because it just gives reviewers an easy, more like Vitamin C minus. That's kind of, that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I thought it was the name. I thought it was a band name too. Vitamin C, I didn't think sounded like a solo person. It sounded like a band. Oh, and in England it'd be vitamin C. Oh, that would give you the shits. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, moving on. A song that I'm sure started off called The Shape of My Ass. This is <laughs> the Backstreet Boys from their album Black and Blue. This is Shape of My Heart. <laughs> I do think that the start of this sounds like a like one of those sad Christmas carols. That the drums, the echoed like reverb on the drums, that sounds like Yeah. It sounds like it would be on the like Love Actually soundtrack or something. All you need is some of those like Christmas bells and it, it's a Christmas yeah. song. Because these songs were sort of they're designed to like be like, oh, and look, the Backstreet Boys are deep too. They're not yes. just pop. Yeah. 
It's the girls looking at their posters on the wall. If only Aaron Carter would notice me. in rehearsals they're singing I'll show you the shape of my ass that's they've got it oh, it's, yeah. it's so it's just there for the taken if only I was weird Al Yankovic um, I mean the next two lines of that are my two favourite oh should we play um, lines yeah yeah it was it's sadness is beautiful loneliness is tragical <laughs> tragical <laughs> Tragical is not a word, but uh, well, I don't know. Maybe it is a word, but I just, I just love loneliness is tragical. Well, well, that is not the Backstreet Boys' fault because that was not written by them. So I had a feeling this was written by once again Max Martin and Rami, who also wrote Britney Stronger, who we heard earlier in the show, and it was also Incredible. co-written by a Swedish performer called Lisa Miskovsky. And when I say co-written, I'm going to say mostly written because she had this song showed it to Max Martin and Rami and they were like, hey, can we have it? We're going to give it to this band who are going to make it a lot bigger. You'll make a lot more money this way. And so she went, okay. Well, she also released her own version of it uh, a couple of years later. Uh, but they just said they tidied it up a bit. So it's still her song. Um, on the guitar on this as well, uh, Peter Svensson from the band The Cardigans plays guitar. You know, Love Fool, Love Me, Love Me? Yeah. He, he's playing guitar on this. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, this song... I I don't know what like sometimes I wonder you know if you're in a band like that like the boy band yeah and and then you're given a song to sing and you are kind of like oh this is a bit it's a bit dumb with certain lyrics like do you get to have a say in that like if you go like I actually don't want to sing loneliness is tragical well do they let you have a say or are they worried about songwriting credits and I had Dicko on the show. It? Uh, a few months ago, and he said that's the worst thing that can happen to a band when they start wanting creative control. I, oh my gosh, because he was in the room, I kind of laughed and agreed. But I thought about it, going, actually, no, that's that's why people don't like the music industry because they just yeah. don't want people to have their own voice. We talked about these guys a fair bit. They've been on a bunch. We talked about their manager, pretty much the perfect movie villain, like stole their money. Tried to say that he was a member of the Backstreet Boys. He wasn't. Uh, and we also talked about their rivalry with NSYNC, who was also managed by the same person. So NSYNC was put together behind the Backstreet Boys' back, pretty much, um, to release albums when the Backstreet Boys were recording. So that this guy always had a, a band in the charts just collecting checks. Oh, and you can have them rival each other. Yeah. Because right? NSYNC. Wait, no, NSYNC, NSYNC is sort of the same clean boy vibe, right? Yeah, Five are the ones who are like, we're the bad boys. Yeah, they're the, the English ones, bears. yeah. Yeah, so okay. NSYNC broke records by selling 2.4 million copies of No Strings Attached in its first weekend and the label were like, well, Backstreet Boys are going to beat that. That is the present. So this album, Black and Blue, they had huge, huge expectations on it. It didn't sell as well as NSYNC. It only sold the pathetic amount of 1.5 million copies in America in its first week. 
Disgusting. Whoa. Why even bother putting it? 1.5 million. Co- oh, gross. No, uh, that's amazing. It did sell 5 million worldwide in its first week, the most ever by a group because um, they were huge in Europe. And then it went on to sell 15 million copies worldwide of this album, Black and Blue. Okay. That is crazy. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's good. Maybe maybe for mass consumption, uh, you shouldn't have creative control yeah. as a band if you want to make a product, but <laughs> it is crazy. The reviews were pretty weak on it, uh, especially this song. Though. Like, it's just so bog standard. Although... The, uh, the record buying public, they loved it. So it was the band's sixth and last top ten single in America. It went to number one in Canada, Guatemala, Italy, New Zealand, Norway, Poland, Sweden, Switzerland, and in Australia it got to number five. Well, So people liked it. I mean, I, I much prefer Everybody, Backstreet's Back. Yeah. I like that, that version of the Backstreet Boys. I don't like this, like... Yeah, I just want all the fun ones. This does feel like it's like one of the ones that should be like just on the album, yeah, not like a single. This is, yeah, just have one of the members sing it while the other four go off and do a costume change or just catch their breath. That's all you need. Or a funeral. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. So far, I feel like every time this band's on, I like them way more than the guest does. So let's see if this is going to happen today. This is All Saints. And their song, Black Coffee. Nights roaming beach, walking always silent, never talking, then you call my name, man, I know inside I love you. This sounds like Kylie Minogue a bit to me. Yeah. Really does. There I will be waiting, Almost like they're, they're not sure about if they're meant to sing there. Yeah, they like when people start to just, I don't know, there's there's lots of bands who I feel like sing in one tone for the whole thing. Like yep. not, it's not just like it's not just this song. It's like when bands have like a, they only just sing in one certain range, it starts to sound like a vacuum cleaner to me when I have them on. And like this one as well, when she was like going like, everything I do, like it or whatever that is, like, Ugh. That noise to me is like I just can't. I just don't. I want variation in the tone. It bothers me. That's because it's not Shazne Lewis singing it. It's one of the Appletons. That that's the problem here. Now Shazne, I'm big fan of Shazne Lewis. She wrote all their other songs. She did not write this song. This one was written for the band by uh, Tom Nichols, Alexander Van Soos, and Kirsty Bertarelli. So Kirsty had uh, planned on releasing it herself, and had her manager shop it around to record labels. The All Saints manager or their label heard it and went, hey, um, do you want to release it or do you want to make a lot of money because we can give it to All Saints and 
we'll collect some checks. And so she went, all right, give it to them. So William Orbit produced it. It's their, uh, from their second album, Saints and Sinners. And okay. the band at this stage were not getting on at all. So Natalie Apple- Appleton uh, and her sister Nicole Appleton uh, wanted to sing lead vocals for a change. And they went, all right, well, this because it's not written by Chazney, this will be our chance. We can actually sing on this one. And so they got to the session, they made sure they got to the recording sessions really early. They're like, oh, well, we're here, we're already singing it. Like, so when the others oh. turned up, they were like half hour before the scheduled time. And we're like, oh, no, we're, we're already started. We're, we're starting early. And um, because the other member, uh, I think Nicole Blatt, was her name? No. Her surname's Blatt. Melanie Blatt, sorry. Uh, she sang the lead vocals on their previous single, Pure Shores, which was from the film The Beach. And so she was like, all right, Natalie's like, I'm singing this one. You know, I'm not going to be in the background. It must have been so shit to be in this band. Like, they had Chazney, who was writing all the songs and was, you know, a good singer. And then every other person went, but I should be the lead singer. I, I want to be the lead singer. Oh, come on. If you're in the space, you know who's got, like, you know, you can hear. Yeah. Just let like the best one do the singing. All right, it went to number one, though, in the UK. This was their fifth number one. Reviewers loved it. Got topped, really? topped a whole bunch of uh, song, oh, singles of the year kind of charts in the UK. Uh, but it wasn't enough for the band to stay together, and they broke up. And the reason they broke up was because of a jacket. So apparently they were at some photo shoot and – uh, one of the members wanted to wear a certain jacket and Shaznay was like, no, you're not wearing that jacket. It looks fucking stupid. And so they <laughs> all had a massive fight. And uh, Shaznay uh, later went on to say, I'd never in a million years have put money on the group ending over a, over a jacket incident. But when that happened, it fired me up so much it had to be over. And that's the way I was back then. The state we'd get into, there was no way she was going to wear that stupid fucking jacket. <laughs> okay. I really hope Shaznay went on to do solo stuff because – a She's little fun. bit, a she little can... bit, but not as much. No, oh, that's sad. I really because it sounded like she was the one who was good at all the stuff, and then everybody else was just jealous or something. Even though, well, you know, the I Appleton, forget it. The Appleton sisters both had like very famous partners. So one was with okay. the guy from the Prodigy. Uh, one was with Liam Gallagher. So yeah, and I guess if you're around those kind of egos, it starts to rub off. And yeah, that was. Yeah. That was the end of them. I guess you want to prove yourself artistically as well against your partner. Like you want to show them maybe that you're good yeah. too. Yeah. But, yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, yeah. It is just – I think because I was wondering about the awards, is it just because it's a diff, It's the sound of the time and it's like whatever's the best sound of the time, whereas now I'm like yeah. this is not what the vibe I go for. I also think it was a way that people could say I like – mature pop music that's not the Spice Girls. At this stage, the Spice yeah. Girls were on the way out and it was very easy to shit on the Spice Girls and because All Saints and Spice Girls had that rivalry the whole time, people would go, see, I'm telling you, All Saints were always the better band, which is not true, but it was just a way that music yeah. critics were back then going, yeah, this is this is how you do pop music. It's like, oh. Well, because people didn't like that bubblegum pop, but it's like yeah. that like, stop right now. But that's fun. Exactly. And a lot of the times reviewers – they listen to so much music, they don't understand that people actually just listen to music to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to fuck it right, a 5,000-word essay on it. 
All right. Hey, we talked about this band last week with Andrew McClelland with a song they collaborated with Craig David, Re Rewind. This one, no Craig David. Now they've got a man called Lifford and this is a song about begging a girl not to give you a stiffy because you've got a girlfriend. Here we go. It's called Please Don't Turn Me On. is great well it's just it it like makes my childhood you know make sense like in terms of like the messaging that you saw in the media yeah and being like yeah wait it's just like oh me i'm just a boy existing and now the lady's come and she's the reason i'm in trouble i couldn't help it she she i've got hormones and she was there and i had a couple of drinks yeah, that, that I couldn't get thing. up and leave the situation or say no. Even though at the time I knew I was doing the wrong thing, but I just couldn't. I was in a seatbelt. Yeah. I had to stay. I was uh, actually giving her all the seat, all the signals um, <laughs> to say continue, but oh, it's her fault. Uh, this is only 22 years ago, Danielle. I know. That's crazy. That is, I wrote down no thoughts about that song. Um, well, but maybe you'll yeah. have more thoughts when I tell you the name. So I said his name is Lifford. This is his full name. It's the most English-sounding name I've ever heard in my life. Lifford Shillingford. Okay. He's rich, right? He grew up in a rich family. got to and... be rich. Yeah. This sounds like one of those, like, Rebecca Black type situations where it's, like, somebody goes to... Um, just a, a record studio that's like around the corner and is like, let's make um, my son a star. Have you seen Rebecca Black lately? Um, no, but people said she's doing good, right? She, yeah, she's like really found her voice. Uh, yeah, well, she, she was a teenager when that yes. happened to her. But like big, uh, plays a lot of the LGBTQI plus clubs. Like she's, yeah. she's gay, but she also like, she came on the project uh, a few years ago now and that day, I was working that day and it was that thing of going, Rebecca Black's on the show. Oh, this would be funny. Oh, this is fun. And then you do research into it. And, like, and she was out here talking at Big Sound, I think it was, about what it's like to be manipulated in the industry kind of thing. Yeah. And to be like the first kind of viral thing for, like not the first, but like one of the first viral kind of film clips that went out. Yeah. And then she came on and look, Danielle, I don't like to objectify women. But she could possibly be the most attractive person I've ever seen in the flesh. 
Like really, like, like she is stunningly beautiful. Like now I need to Google Rebecca Black. One of those one of those people that you look and go, how is it possible that we are the same species? This is you are just incredible looking. Okay, Rebecca Black. I'm googling her right now. Oh wow! Yes, yeah. no, she she does look different since she was a child. <laughs> but yeah, it was incredible. Anyway. Wow, yeah. Speaking she's, of well, speaking of grown up. speaking of telling a woman not to turn me on, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't come in my pants too quick. Um, thanks, Lifford Shillingford. Um, yeah. Anyway, w- one more song, one more song, Danielle. Then we're done. This is an English band called Madison, and their song from the album "The Way It Is." Feel good. I, when I heard this, I didn't do any research. I swear they were Australian. Heard the rain Are they? No, they're English. But she sings, it sounds like an Australian accent. No, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, she kind of sounds a bit like, I mean, not as breathy as Wendy Matthews, but very simple, like intonation. Like, yeah, suits that Leonardo's Bride kind of vibe. Yeah. Cause a stranger turned around and said to me Is she British? Yeah Don't it make you feel good When the sun comes after the rain And don't it make you feel good When a chance you were lost comes round again When it doesn't feel right so This is what I prefer to that all same song It's just this. Like it sounds like it could be a kids' TV show theme. Yeah, like what's the what's the show? So the song's called Feel Good. Is it maybe it's a, a girl her last name's Feel Good? And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or no, who's the uh, is it a rugby player called Feel Gould? Oh, Phil Phil. I don't know. And now I'm just saying other other ones that sound yeah. similar. I don't really know names of players except for Hopawadi. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. So, okay. What's what's the show then? What's the show that this is the film, the theme song to? Um, like a, a a girl. She's an outcast at school, but she's got two best friends, and she's also a bit of a nerd. She's a bit of a nerd, but there's another. There's a boy at school. Um, and he's sort of in their crew, and they have a little, little bit of a love interest going. But they also really, they're, they're yeah, they're into amphibians or something. They love collecting frogs together on the weekend down at the swamp. And he, here's the twist: he, she's a pop star. No, I was gonna say he can turn into a frog, almost like a Prince Charming kind oh, of thing yeah. going on. But he's yes, too, that, he's, that he's is too scared. Good. He's too scared to tell anyone. And only is that she, similar to like the Water Girl? Is it H two O? The one that Matt O'Kline's no, the one... in? No, the... I didn't know he was in that. Now I need to go have a look at that. Yeah. Um, oh, I was thinking about, you know, do you remember that girl who just turned into a puddle of water and then she could go under doors and oh. stuff? Um, so, something Mac? Uh, yeah, Alex Mack. Alex Alec, Mack, Is yeah. that it? Alex Mack? Yeah. The incredible world her... of Alex Mack. Okay, her whole thing was turning into water. That is crazy. <laughs> Uh, all right, so this band, it's Vicky 
Abbey, Vonda. They got their record deal. They were a band. They were touring up and down the UK uh, for about four years. Then they got a record deal with V2 under a trial basis. They said, all right, we're going to send you to Sweden, go into the studio up there, write a couple of, or record a couple of songs, and we'll see how they go. So their first single was called Don't You Worry, got to number 14 in the UK, and in Australia, number six. Maybe we actually thought they were Australian because of their voices. Their next single, Walking on Water, also got to 14 in the UK, 83 uh, here, so didn't do as well. This one, 29 in the UK, 45 here. So the label went, all right, let's make an album. It was called The Way It Is. Didn't chart anywhere. Uh, although I do remember the cover in record stores. The cover uh, has the three women and it just says Mad in black writing and then Asan um, in red. Oh. And it was always always in the, the bargain bin kind of like $2 for an album kind of thing. What uh, was the name of the, the album again? The way it is. Is did they do that song that goes? That's just the way it is. No, no, no they did not do okay. that. Song. Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. It didn't. I can't remember what uh, the songs are in my head. No, that's, uh, well, it's, it's not just my words singing them. They're not Tupac. Um, <laughs> is it? Too, that's so funny. Oh my god! I've gotten those two confused. <laughs> that's crazy. I think that's it's too, ridiculous. Yeah, it um, <laughs> the band split up though in 2001 and none of them have any other musical credits anywhere. That, like I looked on Discogs, nothing. Like Wikipedia, there's no links to their names. That's it. they out of the music industry. So that's, hopefully that's they're doing something nice. fun. Yeah, I feel like there's so many, you know when people – well, like, oh, they didn't make it. They only did like one thing. But I feel like so many people would do do, especially if you're like a band who's been put together, maybe potentially, yeah. or a bunch of people. Like, I feel like you'd be like, you know what, this isn't for me. I actually don't want to live this life. This is crazy. One hundred percent. It's not a choice to like. To, it's not that they failed. They were just like, ah, actually, I hate this I, lifestyle. I, look, I don't. I don't do any other festivals apart from Melbourne because I just don't like being away from my family and it's just like a slog. Yeah. And so it's that thing of going, yeah, this is like, it really is some type of mental illness to, in this industry to go, oh no, I'll do one more festival and I'll possibly break even. And it's like, like I'm looking at people in Edinburgh now and some people are like, oh, are you getting any, like you're jealous of it. And I'm like, couldn't think of anything worse right now than yeah. to be in Edinburgh. Like, Great. Like, if you're young and you've got no ties back home, do it. It's fun. But I'm 42 and I've got kids. I'm not going to fucking lose 20 grand yeah, to chase my I, dream. That's – I just don't – like, when I see – I genuinely don't understand how Taylor Swift functions. Yeah. Because she's having to tour the world and do, like, a three-hour performance. Like – every night or at least a few nights a week i don't understand how she can like get get it up to go like i'm just like and i would be she can't do exhausted. anything during the day yeah even a woman who's like her look like is getting shops shut down in the minute like she went into some shop in la and thousands of people turned up thinking it was taylor swift and the store's oh my banned gosh. her yeah they've banned her they've, they've banned taylor they've, swift they've banned the look alike Oh, they banned the lookalike. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. 
All right, that is the end of the tracks. So let's go through them now, uh, Danielle, and you tell me if you think these are hits or not. So we're going to start with our favourite, Debola, with Dance With Me. Um, not for me. Not a hit. Stronger by Britney Spears. A hit. Certified banger. Great. Kids by Robbie and Kylie. I actually think this is a, I think this is a hit too. I, I agree. Every Time You Need Me by Fragma and Maria Rubio. Um, I didn't, I didn't like that. <laughs> Yellow by Coldplay. It's a hit. Big time. The Itch by Vitamin C. Um, no. Not a hit. Uh, Shape of My Heart by Backstreet Boys. Um, this can I put it in the middle? It's like I I don't like it, but I I think it's a hit. Okay, we'll we'll give it a half mark. So you're on three and a half. Okay, Black Coffee by All Saints. No. Please don't turn me on. Artful Dodger and Lifford Shillingworth. No. Shillingford. No. And Feel Good by Madison. Yes, this is a hit. It's a hit. That's it's a fun, silly song. That's four and a half out of ten. That's pretty. That's pretty honest. That's a pretty honest uh, ranking there. Well, I got to be. I got to. I think. I think it's. I think it's a. I think it's a time period thing. I think uh, because it happened in my youth, I can just remember the best of the best. Yeah. And then everything else feels like it's pretending to be something, uh, as opposed to like. I think because it feels like such a different new genre yep. at this point in time. And I think it's like everybody's finding their feet. So I just think of the ones that have stood the test of time of being like the greatest ones of that and then the others being like kind of just pretending to be something. Um, I agree. I think this in music at this time there was a, it was a new dawn happening. We weren't quite there yet. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thank you so much for doing this, Danielle. You got, you got no shows worries. to plug. Oh, uh, yeah, I think, wait, I don't know when this is going to come out. So tonight. I actually think. Tonight. Oh, it'll come out tonight. Well, um, yes, uh, tonight, uh, the Thank God You're Here. I'm going to be on Thank God You're Here tonight. So I don't know if it will come out in time. And um, I think the final episode of Gold Diggers um, airs on ABC tonight, but all the episodes are online, I think. Great. Now, yes, they are all online. Apart from that, um, I'll be at Melbourne next year. Excellent. And uh, with a brand new show? Yes. Exciting. Great. Yeah, we'll see. I got to write it. So, do you add this year off? No. Uh, yeah, because I was film. We we're filming Gold Diggers this yeah. year during festival, so I couldn't yeah. do a show. Excellent. Hey, thanks everyone for being Patreon subscribers. You're the absolute best. If you're not a Patreon subscriber and want to hear me talk about, we're going into So Fresh very soon. We're talking about uh, Hit Machine that goes into So Fresh. Danielle, I knew you'd be a So Fresh girl. Uh, so this yeah. is patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. Also, in November's Sundays at the Catfish, I'm doing four Don't You Know Who I Am live podcasts plus four work-in-progress shows where I'll be doing new stuff and get a couple of comics to jump up as well after those shows. So tickets for all these are at joshearl.com.au. I'd love to see you there. It's a very good time doing the Catfish ones. Anyway, that's all from me. Thanks, Danielle. No worries. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 